radio boys go round the outside, round the outside, round the outside. Two radio boys go round the outside, round the outside, round the outside. Guess who's back? Back again. Jeff is back. Tell a friend. Guess who's back? 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 little ditty I, I wrote for the show. Do you know, I, I was running that past my partner. I said, hey, partner, is this funny? And she says, I'm completely unfamiliar with the works of Eminem outside of the Venom song that you make me watch the video for all the time. <laughs> but yes, it's funny. She knows the My Mom's Spaghetti song as well. Mom, Everybody knows about Mom's Spaghetti. Yes. In my house, he's most famous for the Venom song. It's a good song-ish. <laughs> I have a terrible joke to start okay. your Monday with. When chemists die, we bury them. Cute. Because barium is a... Don't explain the joke. Okay. Uh, <laughs> what a great joke. I won't explain it. Okay. Okay. F- oh. Where does yeah, barium live on the periodic table, Cody? It's the third one over. Is it really? I have no idea. Okay. I don't know the periodic table of elements. I don't know. What do I look like? Bill Gates? Bill Gates doesn't know. He's a tech guy. He has the... He's got the famous thing in his office. I don't know what that famous thing is. He's got one of those giant periodic table of elements where he actually has a tiny bit. Oh, okay. Of each one. That sounds expensive. You have to be Bill Gates in order to get a permit to get the uranium. Yeah, that sounds very dangerous. I think it's like inside a container Mm -hmm. to contain the, you know. Do you know Metamorpho the Element Man? I don't know Metamorpho the Element Man. He is a DC Comics character. Of course he is. He is a... Bunch of different elements all mixed together. There's a very fun comic written by Neil Gaiman and drawn by Mike Allred where element metamorpho gets chased through the periodic table. The giant two-page spread is an enormous periodic table, and there are the panels of the comic, and it is metamorpho fighting a person through the periodic table. It's quite adorable. That sounds interesting. Yes. Okay. Today in history. Today in history, metamorpho jumped through the periodic table. Was it today? I know. Oh. <laughs> John Jay was born on this date in 1745. John Jay what? Jingleheimer Schmidt? His name is my name, too. He was the nation's first chief justice of the Supreme Court. Okay. He's a very serious man. Mm-hmm. Very, and, is it spelled J-A-Y or is it J short for something? J-A-Y. J-A-Y. You yeah. don't see that last name so much these days. Not so much. He said, who would have known that our first chief justice would have a rap name? <laughs> yeah, I could see that. <laughs> in 1792, speaking of which, I had to do a whole, I'd explain history to Sparky. Oh, that it starts in, starts in the yes. 1700s. Mm-hmm. Anything before that is prehistory. Prehistory. Prehistoric. Because I said prehistoric and then did something from like the 1400s. And, and he said, why did you say that? Very confused. Mm. In 1792, Ludwig von Beethoven received his first music lesson from Franz Joseph Hayden, no relation to Robert. Okay. He went on to write many symphonies, although he didn't finish them all. What do they... Oh, because he has unfinished symphonies. Yeah. What I are mean, they... It's not really even a joke, right? Is no. There, are there just a lot of unfinished Beethoven mm-hmm. symphonies? What do they call him in Clockwork Orange? They call him Ludwig van... Ludwig van! Ludwig van Beethoven. They just call him Ludwig van. They don't say Beethoven. 
I assume you have not seen Clockwork Orange because it is a pre-Star Pre- Wars. Pre-Star Wars. Yeah. And it's it's spooky. It's not spooky. It's nasty. It's, it's y- very mean-spirited. Y- that's, y- that's, yeah. It's not mean. spooky. They it's do a crime. They do many crimes. crimes and crimes and crimes. I, uh, and in for forever. Just they, crimes. Just a lot of violent crimes. Just crimes. In it's eight, not spooky, though. And I... You know what I meant. No, it, it's it's spooky it's, is like... It's scary. They do crimes. They do Brand, violent crimes. And I don't want to watch all that. It's nasty. It's mean. It's vicious. Uh, spooky is not a word I would use to describe Clockwork Orange. Okay, okay. <laughs> it is not The Shining. The Shining is spooky. In 1818, Mary Todd Lincoln was born. Okay. On this date in 1899, George F. Grant patented... The golf tee. Okay. Hold K. Let's break this down. He, well, he was able to patent this because I believe Edison was out of the office that day. Ah. <laughs> what were people using before the golf tee? Fingers. Really? I don't know. No. They probably just shoved, probably just dropped it on the on the ground. So if you invent something, it'd be like if I invented like a you know how the kids have, like, the, the things that you put on your shoes that looks like an upside-down cup, and it's got a strap, and you hold on to the straps to make yourself a little taller, like a mini stilt? Yes. So if I invent something like that for basketball, I can just say, oh, I just invented this thing. It's part of the game now. Yes. So if you invent a tee that makes golfing easier and makes your swing better, what can you just say, oh, I just invented this thing, now I use it in golf, and now it's a part of golf. I'm changing the rules of golf based on this invention. I mean, in 1899, I'm assuming the rules were probably somewhat standardized, but probably a little more laissez-faire. Okay. It's a... I know you're being... Are you being silly? No, I'm, I'm genuinely curious how you can invent something and then implement it into a game to change the game. Because now that you're bringing it up, that's going to happen in every sport. I invented this cannon that shoots basketballs at the I hoop. mean, the baseballs that they use in baseball, mm-hmm. not the same as the baseballs they use... Old-timey baseball. Is that true? I mean, I'm assuming they're slightly different. I have no idea. Golf balls have changed. They used to be the inner winding. They used to have, like, rubber bands in there. Well, that's stuff. why I'm curious what was used as a tee pre-T. Curling. Yes. The famous Olympic sport. Mm-hmm. If you do a deep dive on the history of curling, the mm-hmm. brooms have changed a lot. But they still get the stones from that one quarry in Scotland. The stones have stayed consistent, mm-hmm. but the, some of the other stuff has changed. That's a good question. I don't know. Okay, maybe we'll have to do a deep dive into the history of golf. Is the there most, an asterisk it, next to all records? I don't know. Set before then? Hey, fellows, I just invented this. It's a new type of baseball. It's a lot lighter. I mean, by that definition, wouldn't like a corked bat be just an innovation that makes people, I'm better at baseball now. I've invented this hollow baseball bat. I don't know. Why can't they use that? Well, they don't use metal bats. I know, but why not? If you can just say, oh, I got its tee, it makes my my golf ball go farther. I think that's supposed to be with consistency with the old records. Yeah. That's why they use the wooden bats. Mm -hmm. Because that's what they always used. Even though I'm assuming the balls have changed slightly, yes, maybe the balls haven't. Maybe they've, maybe they've decided the balls haven't changed enough. I don't know. It's okay. a wild. It's a good thought experiment. Mm-hmm. I don't know. In 1901, the first radio signal to cross the Atlantic is picked up near St. John's, Newfoundland, 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 Newfoundland. Yes, by inventor Guglielmo Marconi. Ah, uh, yes. Famous uh, ra- famous radio guy. Famous radio guy. Very famous radio guy, mm-hmm. Marconi. The announcer acknowledged the signal by saying, 
No, you're not caller number seven. <laughs> <clears throat> I thought it was maybe Casey Kasem announcing the top 40. This is Casey Kasem. <laughs> On this date in 1917, Boys Town was founded. Okay. I don't even know. I think it's a charitable, charitable organization. Okay. I went to Boys State. What is Boys State? It's put on by... Who puts on Boys State? Is it? I don't even know what it is. Don't ask me who puts it's it on. It's either the... It's either the... Is it the American Legion? Is that what they call them? I don't know. You're asked, you said, what is this thing that you've never heard of? Who puts that on that I just, that thing that I just informed you about exists, Jeff? Exactly. Yes. It's the American Legion. Mm-hmm. It's a, a hands-on realistic experience and civic responsibility. Okay. They, they send a bunch of boys. Mm-hmm. Usually you are in the summer between your junior and senior year. Mm-hmm. And... They send them to we went we did it at Sacramento Sac, Sacramento State okay. College. They shove you in the dorms, and you do you make a state. Okay. What over was your the state? Of a week. What was my state? Yes. Did it have a name? I don't remember. I, th- I think it's. I don't know if you actually named the state, but you you do the representative government, and you all you set up all the things, and okay. It's fun. Sounds neat. I'm unfamiliar with that, and that's different from Boys Town, which is what we're talking about, which yes. is, I believe, a charitable organization. Okay. It did made me it made me think about it. Okay. On this date in 1925, the very first motel called the Motel Inn mm-hmm. opened in San Luis Obispo, California. Oh, okay. San Luis. Slow? Yes. Is that what, do the locals actually call it? No, I don't think they do call it that. What do they call it then? I've heard St. Louis, but I might be mistaking that. SLO? Yeah. My cousin lived there for a while. I'll have to ask her, what do the locals actually call okay. it? Okay. She doesn't live there anymore. On this date in 1953, Chuck Yeager flew the X-1 two and a half times the speed of sound. And to commemorate that occasion, Cody is going to take Jaeger bombs today on the morning show. All morning long. <laughs> All morning, I'm gonna drop that Jaeger in the in the Nuki Brown, and just have a have a field day mm-hmm. with it. On this date in 1955, the hovercraft was patented. Do you know okay. now that, that that was patented because Edison was long dead mm-hmm. at that point, so they were able to successfully patent that. Now that's different from the hoverboard, which is not existing yet. That has not been patented yet. No, they do have the they call them hoverboards. Not what. My that. son has one. Robert mm-hmm. was really mad when I said when I told him about the hoverboard because he said I could see, I could see he's touching the ground. Yes, it's not hovering. Have you seen the hover, the kids on the hoverboard? I've seen adults on the hoverboard. It's because you don't. It's because you don't have to move your legs. You just yeah. kind of stand there. And I've moves. seen adults on them. Yeah, that's it. Oh, okay. The following year, they came out with hovercraft macaroni and cheese. <laughs> Okay. Is that like a float? Like, you don't put it in the bowl, it just like floats above float. the bowl. It's like an outer space, and you just pick them out of the air. Yeah. The cheese is already added on. You do it that Can way. Can you eat macaroni and cheese in outer space? Does the sauce stick to the noodle? Is there still that level of cling Ooh. in space? Probably another good, not. Another good. Probably would. They'd probably have to do a dehydrated. No, probably would. They got the noodle, and they got the. the oh, there's a. The noodle is hollow. You can't have wet food in outer space. All the astronaut food is all dried up. You can have wet food. No, you can't. And maybe if it's in a pouch. Water. Yeah, I think it has to be in a pouch. Otherwise, it'll go all it's over like the, the places. With the cheese in a pouch. Yeah, but you can slurp they it up. It, but, get, but can they prepare it? Probably not. That's the question. Mm-hmm. 
On this date in the year 2000, the U.S. Supreme Court released their decision in the case of Bush versus Gore. I think the fact that the phrase President Gore doesn't ring any bells will automatically tell you how that one went. Yes, Jeff. That's it. Okay. It is National Poinsettia Day. Okay, that is the Christmas thing that people have for Christmas. Do you have a poinsettia in your house yet? No. Why not? Because we haven't done our decorations yet. I thought you're all in on the holidays. I'm not all in on the holidays. My partner's all in on the holidays. But you are a good and supportive partner. Theoretically. So therefore, you are going to support all of these things... You should stop and get a poinsettia on your way home. No, those are famous. Bring it home to your lady love and say, here, I got you this for the holidays. Those are famously poison, right? I I don't know. I don't. I think they're poisonous. Well, don't let the dog eat it. Yeah, I don't want to bring poison into the house. Put it where the dog can't I mean, the dog doesn't eat plants. Is the dog going to jump up on the counter and eat the plant? No, but she will get into the soil of the plant and play with the soil. No, you just put it on the counter. You don't plant them. Okay. I mean, you can technically after, but... It's also Dingaling Day. Okay, that's a type of pastry. It says here something about you you call people. Hmm. Okay. Like most people think of the the weird silly song. There was an old song to who sang that song? Huh, I don't know. And it's Chuck Berry, I think. Okay. It's also National Gingerbread House Day. Okay, I heard and you talking about making gingerbread house with your children. It's a tradition. We do it every year. Mm. We don't know when we're doing it this year quite yet, but we're going to do it at some point. And before we move into our celebrity birthdays, today in music history, in 1987, I like to bum around in the 90s, but yes. we're going to go back to 87 here. Faith by George Michael hit number one on the U.S. Top 40 chart. Stayed there for four weeks. I thought that was a Limp Biscuit song. <laughs> At one point, yes. We Don't were, think their version was quite, quite as popular. We were somewhere, and we were all trying to remember the other guy from Wham. Andrew Ridgely. Andrew Ridgely. You always know, and my partner always knows, but I was with some people. I usually know. don't know. It's locked into my brain now because it's been coming up a lot more mm-hmm. recently than one would think. Mm-hmm. Always interested in the other guy from Wham. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Some celebrity birthdays for today. Hank Williams III is 50 years old today, and he's ready for some football. He does the football song? Does... Do they still use that football song? No. Okay. Maybe. I don't think so. Okay. I don't know. No, I think they use a new song. Okay. Jennifer Connelly is 52 years old today. We like her. She's from Requiem for a Dream and others. And the Hulk movie. Oh, she was in that Hulk movie. She was in that Hulk movie. Mm -hmm. The bad one. She was in Dark City, which I think we both are on the record as being quite big fans of. Which one's Dark City? That's the one with Kiefer Sutherland and Rufus Sewell and Jennifer Connelly. I've never seen that one. Oh, that's very good. Jennifer Shuri Shuri J. Wilson is 64 years old today. She played April on the old TV series Dallas. Okay. Did she shoot JR? I don't know who shot JR. Me neither. Former gymnast Kathy Rigby is 70 years old today. Unrelated to Andrew Rigby from Wham. (laughs) And singer Dion Warwick. I think it's Dion. Dion? I think it's Dion. Is 82 years old today. She's out there somewhere. 
Let's see. And it's National Poinsettia Day. Yes. Which we talked about. We talked about that. They're poison. Don't eat them. Jeff is going to go get one. Nope. And bring it home. Probably not. Jeff, you're all in on the holidays. I am not. My partner is. Support the holidays. Do you have a difficult question for me? Speaking of Christmas, Mm -hmm. only 3% of us do this on Christmas Day. Only 3% of us do this on Christmas Day. Eat bacon. No. Eat pork rinds crushed up and used as a binder in our meatloaf. No. That's quite specific. Okay. This is Christmas. The answer is Christmas related. Only 3% of us. Leave the house? No. I think more people leave the house. I'd say it's probably 50-50 on leaving and staying home. I don't leave the house on Christmas. You don't? No. Okay. Hmm. Let's count going to the trash can. I mean, you're not leaving your yard. I guess the yard. You don't leave the yard. Yes. What if you get your child a outdoor thing for the day, then you have to go take the thing outside? Cool. What's an outdoor thing? Uh, What do kids play with these days? Uh... A frisbee. A frisbee. Yes. Gonna get a frisbee. Hello, son. I, I got you a frisbee. I give up. That's too obscure. Three percent. Put up Christmas lights. Put up Christmas lights mm-hmm. on Christmas. What if you're you were slacking and you got folks coming over and it's not festive enough in the house? It's not festive enough because uh, Jeff forgot the poinsettias. We got to get some festiveness <laughs> on this house. We got to put the lights up on Christmas Day. Are your lights up yet? I'm not putting up lights. Get out of here with that. <laughs> I thought you were all in on the holidays. Uh, my partner maybe my partner put up Christmas lights one year at our current house, and then they stayed up for like the like a year, and it was very bad. And I had to like pull them down, and they were all dead. It was like very small, not what you think of when you think of a Christmas lights, like a small LED wiry one. We're gonna talk about this. Okay, we're gonna talk about this. So if you're <laughs> listening, only three percent of people put their Christmas lights up on Christmas. Yes, 